everyone. Thanks for listening to the Vicor Powering Innovation Podcast, the podcast that explores world-changing innovations. Today, we'll speak with Joe Polachek from Dragonfly Pictures UAV. Joe sat down with Robert Gendron, Vicor's VP of Product Development, to share their latest innovation on their high-powered UAV. My name is Steve Germino, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Ducey. Hey, Joe, until now, my impression of UAVs was basically a mechanical bird flying in the air that was remotely controlled. You know, kind of like my nephew had this summer at the lake. He was kind of flying it out over the lake, checking out the boaters and the water skiers. But, you know, what Dragonfly is doing is certainly is not that. Yeah, I, Steve, I don't think you're alone in thinking that. I think what Dragonfly has done here is they've taken, you know, the free range out of the UAV and put it on a very long leash. I mean, essentially what they've done is they've created a high-flying guard dog in the sky, but with the benefits of not having to feed it or take it out to the bathroom. You know, with this constant eye in the sky, you can do a lot of different things, including setting up temporary communication networks for during natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes. You know, we're just creating a large security perimeter for private military installations like port security. As we all know, security is very important these days. Well, exactly, especially with uh, military applications, security is paramount. Well, that's why the tether is so important, because you do increase security exponentially when you have a tethered drone in the air. So that makes a huge difference. And since they're using it primarily for communications at this point, and one of the applications is while they're at sea, it's really important that they have that secure data. You know, but to me, the thing that stands out is the fact that they're able to increase line of sight communication almost 3x with their tethered UAV, going from eight miles to nearly 30 miles, which is really pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty astonishing to get that increase in range. But the only way of doing that is really getting altitude because there's too many other things that interfere with communications if you're on the ground. So with Dragonfly, you're able to get up to 500 feet or even higher. And the other impressive fact is, is that you can actually fly this thing for up to 400 hours without having to come down to the ground, which is equally as impressive. So, I mean, the only way you're going to achieve that without that is if you have to run a, a long extension cord, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm really looking forward to seeing where this technology takes us and what new and innovative applications it can inspire. I know it's kind of cliche, but in this case, the sky is literally the limit for this technology. <laughs> yes, I agree. So on that note, let's listen to the conversation between Joe and Robert. Hi, this is Robert. Today, I'm joined with Joe Pawlczyk, and Joe is the VP of Operations at DPI UAV Systems. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Robert. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Joe, can you perhaps first just give us a an introduction to who DPI is? Sure. DPI is, is short for uh, Dragonfly Pictures. We've been developing tethered and tandem UAS since 1992. Our tandem drones can lift about 500 to 1,000 pounds of payload, and they are essentially mini Chinooks. They perform free flight operations for U.S. Army and the Navy. And then we've also developed a line of tethered UAS, and essentially Tethered drones are drones on extension cords. And while this doesn't seem like a very effective idea, it ends up being a great temporary tower or a mobile mast. So what this capability provides is extending range and communications, which is very helpful for the Army, Marine Corps, and the Navy, where they actually have to bring their own network with them. There's no mobile service provider when they're out there in the field. Additional capabilities with those tether systems 
our perimeter security, as well as ship port harbor overwatch. Wow. Sounds like you're talking about drones where you're supporting different payloads. What is the, the biggest hurdle though for you or the biggest challenge you have in this market? Well, especially for these uh, tethered UAS, the biggest hurdle is finding a power dense solution. We're always trying to reduce the weight of the power system, either being battery or through the electrical conversion of which mm -hmm. we've used the Vicor BCM chips in the past. And when we reduce weight, what we end up doing is providing more capability for the customer. So we can either fly higher, fly faster, or carry a, a better camera or better radio. I see. That's what your differentiator is in this marketplace? Yes, we focus on lifting heavy payloads up to about 500 feet in altitude. And we've created a maritime UAS. The large tethered drone that we have is called UMAR, the Unmanned Multi-Rotor Aerial Relay, which provides this extended range communication for some of the Navy's unmanned boats. We can lift a 15 pound payload up to 500 feet in altitude, which is, increases the range of the Navy's unmanned boats by about three to four times. It's uh, quite impressive. And these designs are custom in nature, or you're telling a platform for these different types of applications. How does your product development work? Sure. Yes. We typically analyze the customer requirements of how high they want to fly, what sort of payload and the, the apparent wind speeds. And then we custom design literally the entire power system, drive system and UAS itself to meet those mission objectives. So it's a, a custom aircraft, custom tether as well along with a custom tether management system on the ground. Was there a recent application that you're most proud of? Yes, there is actually. We flew our UMAR system up at 500 feet off of a US Navy ship in April of 2020. And typically when the Navy commutes to, communicates to these unmanned boats, they're communicating a few miles away. And we were able to successfully extend the range of this unmanned boat by three to four times. And it's a great force enabler and multiplier. Our technology met the maritime environment and we could literally by flying this antenna up at 500 feet, you can see so much further and the radio waves transmit so much further because of the curvature of the earth. Well, and how does this compare, let's say to your competition? Yeah, so our competition hasn't really designed unmanned tethered UAS for the maritime environment. They can't fly nearly as high. You know, typically they're limited to 200 or 300 feet. We can fly up to 500 feet. We can fly significantly faster as well. So we've taken the equipment to airports and whatnot and maxed out the uh, aircraft speed at about 45 miles per hour. Nor can they lift as much payload. We can lift 15 pounds up to that 500 feet in altitude at speed. And we've designed it to meet all the maritime environmentals for the U.S. Navy. So that includes salt spray and humidity, as well as fog and rain as well. Excellent. And I noticed also on your website, the very impressive partner list that you have NASA on there, you have DARPA on there and such. So are most of your accounts government related? Yes, mostly Department of Defense, including Navy, Army, Marine Corps. And then we've done some work with uh, DARPA and NASA. Okay. Now, also I found one of your products was actually featured for the, the Center of Strategic and Budgetary Assessments. Is that correct? Yes. There was a recent article written by Tom Mankin, who pretty much, uh, he quite often testifies in front of Congress. And uh, he released a study recently called Implementing Deterrence by Detection, in which one of our tethered UAS were featured 
And he was evaluating the capability of using both our UAS along with some of the traditional assets that the Air Force and the Army are currently using, as well as the Navy, in predicting the effectiveness in the next future fight. Wow. What's next for DPI? So what's next for DPI is uh, several things. One is to increase the autonomy of the system. So we are looking to have the UAS have some more of these uh, hardware and software redundancies, as well as be able to fly automatically and prevent failures before they, they actually happen. Essentially being able to land the aircraft or manipulate its flight path as it follows its host platform. We're also increasing the ruggedness of both the air vehicle and the ground system to fly in more harsh environments, including in salt water and on land where maybe there's icing or snow. We also want to increase the efficiency of the air vehicle by optimizing the power transfer from the ground up to the air vehicle so that we can either fly higher or lift a better camera or radio for the customer. And then finally, we want to reduce the cost. You know, getting the cost down will open up the marketplace to other customers for us. And Joe, with your Tether drones, again, I don't know if everyone is familiar with these, but you're actually supplying the power through a tethered line. How does that actually work? That's a high voltage power line that you're riding up to the drone itself? Yes, that's correct. So the tether should essentially be thought of as an extension cord up to the drone. So now the drone, instead of flying for 20 to 30 minutes on a battery pack, the drone can now fly for hours to days. And the drone with up at that altitude, now you can put a camera on it and maybe perform some port or harbor security. And it can also follow a host platform, such as a ship or a unmanned ground vehicle or ground vehicle as well. So it could be viewed as a, a temporary tower or a mobile mast. And now that drone that's up there, but it can also fly a radio payload and create an ad hoc mesh network. So there's some companies like AT&T and Verizon that have used and experimented with tethered platforms for disaster relief where their cell phone towers go down. How do you see it longer term, let's say in the next few years between, I guess, if it's correct to say payload drones and tether drones, you know, more for, as you said, providing a short-term infrastructure. Do you see these, these two as, as equal size markets or will tether drones actually pass over payload type drones? But that's a great question. I think that we're at the merging stage of both the free flight as well as the tethered drone market. I think that regulations will come out to allow the use of tethered drones without as much regulation that's required. And I think that um, tethered drones can actually augment and assist free flight drones to extend their communication range. I think as we start looking into the drone package delivery market, there will be tethered UAS that provide that constant communication and data link to that free flight aircraft. And Joe, you mentioned earlier, your drones are at heights of, let's say 500 feet. You know, as a hobbyist, I think we're familiar with drones. We're allowed to go up, let's say 400 feet. You mentioned 500 feet, obviously for professional type use, military type use. Is there a limit to that height? Do you think uh, you'll see drones going even higher? Yes, I, I think as we optimize the power system and go up higher in voltage, you know, we've used some of the Vicor BCM products in the past, and we were um, using the 400 volt system. And when we went to the 800 volt, we saw less power loss in the power line. 
And uh, I know that there will be additional products that are coming out that are even higher voltage. And what that allows us to do is use a, a thinner tether, which means that there's less weight in the line, and then we can fly higher. So, you know, aerostats today, they're flying at several thousand feet, and we think that Tether UAS can get there as well. Wow, that's very interesting. So I think we all appreciate the higher voltage allows for a smaller cable, but the heights that you're now talking about, that's, I don't think many of us realize uh, drones are targeting uh, those sorts of heights. Joe, anything else about DPI that we should be knowing about, we should be watching for? DPI, we've been around for, for a while. I think we've found a really good niche in this uh, tethered drone space for the DOD customers, and we are looking to expand into commercial uses as well. There's a lot of perimeter security around corporate facilities where Tether UIS could provide that remote eye in the sky. And um, even with the Department of Homeland Security and putting a, a Tether UIS in the back of a pickup truck could provide that persistent overwatch that's needed for border control. So th there's a lot of different use cases and applications, both in the military and uh, private sector. Very interesting. Well Joe, I want to thank you for your time today. Joe is, again, the VP of Operations at DPI UAV Systems. And, of course, thank you also for being a, a customer of Vicor. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Joe, that was pretty impressive technology. I mean, they're flying at 500 feet with the expectations of going as high as 1,000 or more. You know, it's really hard to imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The other interesting fact is that to keep this thing up in the air at that altitude, they need to use 800 volts of power fed through a very thin line. It's almost like fishing filament. And honestly, I don't know how they pump that much juice through a cord that thin. Yeah, think about the elements they're dealing with too. This is a hover in place drone that is supposed to track with the ship at sea and deal with those ruggedized conditions. I mean, the challenges of wind, rain, salt, it's just the tumultuous conditions and the fact that the drone is just supposed to adapt to all of them and keep moving along and tracking with the ship really impressive stuff you know we'll have to stay in touch with joe at dragonfly and uh, maybe check in with them in the future to see what's next for them yeah these are certainly exciting times for dragonfly so until next time i'm steve Jamino with my co-host joe ducey thanks for listening to the vicor powering innovation podcast mm -hmm.